This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Performance Anxiety on the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. This week, we venture away from music for a bit. Welcome actor and podcaster, Michael Pichonari. We talk about how he discovered his creative side and some of his very early creative endeavors, with air quotes. He's one of my guests that really does discuss having performance anxiety and what he's done to combat it. Michael went to college to earn a creative degree and promptly had his dreams crushed, like many of us, but he has had the opportunity to live in the disparate worlds in front of and behind the camera. And that's what gives his podcast Movies Worth Seeing the authenticity that many movie review podcasts are lacking. We even discuss a few movies that we liked and were disappointed by. And as with most conversations Michael has, it ends up in a critique about The Simpsons. So go give Movies Worth Watching a listen. Follow Michael at Michael Pish Podcasting. Follow us at Performance ANX on the socials, and you can help the show out with a coffee at ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety or with merch at performanceanx.threadless.com. Now enjoy something a little different with Michael Pichonari of Movies Worth Seeing on the Pantheon Podcast Network. So just say like, I'm on, uh, and I'm on the Performance Anxiety Podcast, like yep. that. Yep, that's all it's got to be. You can get as elaborate or simple as you like. So, it's great, great name, by the way. Well, thank I, you. I was telling my partner, and she was like, "Fuck, I want to. I need to check that out." <laughs> my name is Michael Pichonieri, and I am the host of the Movies Worth Seeing podcast. You are listening to the Performance Anxiety podcast. That's quite the intro. I apologize for my phone falling over. <laughs> That's so good. Happens to me all the time. (laughs) Don't lie. It's all right. (laughs) Um, I did a podcast uh, uh, 
uh, a couple of weeks ago and for the life of me the the system wasn't connecting and the lady couldn't hear me for like 10 minutes we were trying everything i was unplugging the cable replugging it turning it off turning it on and then finally she goes like oh um i forgot to to connect my my headphones <laughs> Oh. And she was full, like, st- she was starting to get a bit, like, frustrated, too. Like, oh, God, like, <laughs> what am I getting into? Yeah. Jeez. You know, you, you're supposed to be able to do this. Why, why, why can't you connect? Oh, wait, it's my fault. That's always my favorite. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, is there anything you'd like to ask me before, before we start? Anything you want to No, let's, let's figure it all out as we're going. Yeah. So. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very casual, very basic show. So, <laughs> Gee, thank God I didn't mention my penis size. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Since you mentioned it, um, never mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So everything you've heard is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll go into that a little later on in the podcast. <laughs> or maybe that'll go into the podcast. Well, never mind. Forget it. Pe- bad penis jokes. <laughs> terrible, terrible penis jokes. All right. So the way it usually starts off is we, we, we begin by talking about when you kind of discovered how creative you are. Usually with musicians who are the majority of my guests, it it starts off with what kind of music we're into, what, what got you into really wanting to play music. But I know you, you play drums as a hobby, so you're not really known as a drummer, but no. you're known as a content creator. You know, you, you do acting, you voiceover, uh, you do production work on films, and you're also a podcaster. When did you start feeling creative? I mean, were you one of those kids that would just like put on plays for your family that you'd written on your own or is it something that happened oh, later or no. how did you get into it? Not at all. No. Not at all. Uh, actually, actually when I was really young, like, uh, uh, you know, when they have weddings and they've got a page boy. Yes. Like a kid that, yeah. So like one of my, uh, my half brother's wedding, like, um, I was the page boy and they got the MC with the microphone and I would take the microphone off him and start running. And he had to chase me and get the <laughs> microphone back. Oh, it's awesome. And, and to this day, like uh, relatives of mine will be like, oh my God, I knew you were going to do something creative from when you were little because you used to do shit like that. Ever since that and, wedding. Uh, <laughs> man, I wish I was that reckless and oh. defiant still on a microphone. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, I think the more content I create, the less, I don't, well, I don't know. I was going to say the less uh, experimental I get, but I don't know. Maybe it, sometimes I just don't care. I think maybe it's my mood, apparently. Sometimes I just don't care. No, I think that that's where you want to be at, where you don't care. Yeah. Because then the audience sees that you don't care and that you're not trying to fit into some kind of box. Yeah. And that reveals your authenticity. And that's what, one of the things I liked about your podcast. You know, the, actually the two podcasts you've had that I've listened to, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So was acting the first thing that you got into creatively or was it something behind the camera? Because I know you do have a lot of experience mm. in production and post-production and things like that well i so in high school i did drama despite 
crippling anxiety <laughs> about it. I still did it. I used to do like the drama club games after school and I was terrible at it. Like I was always that shy kid that didn't want to say anything or do anything. And Same. people would probably look at me and be like, why the hell are you doing this drama club thing if you don't want to do it? Uh, but um, somehow I overcame it and like there was two like big performance nights at my school that we put on back in high school. And I remember just like, even to this day, I still have friends that say to me like, man, that night you did something, you like hit some kind of stratosphere or something with your performance. And it was just hilarious, but you weren't trying to be funny. No, and, so you uh, peaked in high school to, is what you're saying. Yeah, totally peaked okay. in high school. <laughs> and I'm just, just trying to find it. I'm like one of those one of those jocks that like, you know, was real bulky and shit in high school and now they're completely deflated. But you're still reliving you know, those glory hate. days. Yeah, still reliving the times when they were like, Oh, I remember when I used to like dunk kids' heads in toilets and I thought <laughs> I was super cool. And now I'm like an alcoholic and I just sleep on the side of the road nice <laughs> well, i'm not i'm not that bad but the, the road parts i mean the alcoholic is accurate that's dead on oh yeah totally but i <laughs> but unless you got a road on your green screen back there i you look like you're in a, actually in a building so that looks good that's good yeah i've been recently promoted <laughs> <laughs> from homeless to i got a roof <laughs> and a green screen <laughs> to make it look really good yeah. I, I thought I'd put all my possessions, fanciest possessions in the background so that you would think I'm actually doing well. <laughs> and it's just a green screen. That's you're like your fanciest possession. Like, that dude, man, you're doing pretty good though. Better than some <laughs> of the folks I know in, in acting. So. It's a, it's a brutal industry, man. I, so yeah. How is it? I mean, I, I've got friends and, and all in, in LA and all, but, mm. and I, I, I know how horrible it is over there. What's it like in Australia? Just as bad? Worse? Um, I don't know. Like I've had teachers tell me like, try and make it work in Australia because if you can make it work in Australia, then you'll be no problem in, in places like LA. I think it really depends. Me personally, I don't, for whatever reason, LA just doesn't, I'm not excited about living in LA or America to, to do acting. I'd rather do like indie stuff around Australia, like nice. scripts that I'm interested in and just try and make it work here. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Try doing that in person. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. 
it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to Performance Anxiety listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. That's betterhelp.com slash performance anxiety. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hey guys, I've got some great news. Performance Anxiety and Pantheon Podcasts are giving away an exclusive VIP experience to see Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. So head to pantheonpodcast.com slash Nick Mason to enter. Find the link in the show description or head over to our Twitter, Facebook, or Nick Mason's Facebook page for the link to enter to win. Head over to pantheonpodcast.com backslash Nick Mason to enter. Find the link in the show description or head over to our Twitter, Facebook, or Nick Mason's Facebook page for the link to enter to win front row seat upgrades, a very special commemorative guitar pick shaped necklace carved down from a drum cymbal played by Nick Mason himself. You also get a selection of curated exclusive VIP merchandise, including a VIP laminate and lanyard, crowd-free shopping at a dedicated merchandise stand before the show, and on-site perks such as priority check-in, VIP express lane into the venue for ease of entry, and a dedicated customer service line. So enter now at pantheonpodcast.com backslash Nick Mason. Winners will be notified via email one week prior to the event, so enter now. It's hard everywhere. I, I think mainly, though, for for actors based on my experience studying acting for four years, I think the main thing is, like, it's just us, like, our own insecurities about the industry that hold us back more than the actual industry itself, like our perception of what the industry is or how hard it is. Okay. Because the the one thing that kind of halts actors is this question of, oh, am I good enough yet? Am I ready to get in the industry? Yeah. Uh, if I get out there too early, everyone's going to know me as this thing and maybe I don't want them to remember me for that. So there's a fear of being typecast. Yeah, like, well, like, it, there's a feeling or a fear that if you get out there too early when you're not good enough, that everyone's oh. going to remember you as being shit. Okay, I see what you're saying. And they'll be like, like a casting director sees you and they see you again four years later and the casting director's just going to associate you with the last time they saw you. Okay, which I see is, what you're saying. I don't know. I, I feel like it's pro it's not like that. I feel like casting directors don't fucking remember any actors because exactly. they see so many. Right. Unless you're Brad Pitt or something, I don't think uh, a casting director is going to be like, oh, I remember seeing that dude six years ago for an audition and he was trash. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to see. I, yeah, I would tend to agree with you. Cause like you said, they see so many people during a, a call. It's, there's no way they can remember everybody even even in you know smaller areas like like midwest us or or you know they're not going to remember everybody it's so so you you mentioned uh university okay um, there we go i think my internet was fucking up as well could be a mix of both of us cuz man it's, it's looking <laughs> nasty over here it's it's awful oh yeah like like twister let me see if I can. Yeah, let me see. Oh, damn. So, yeah. It's looking pretty rough out there. And that's, that's not just because it's getting, it's like uh, 8 o'clock at night. That's, that's bad weather. <laughs> so. 
If the internet was a romantic partner, you would never fucking date it. No. It's too goddamn unreliable. <laughs> Very touchy. <laughs> touchy little bitch. <laughs> Um, cool, cool. I'm right. trying to remember what we were saying. <laughs> so, kind of remember a little bit. So, you, you mentioned going to university. Was, uh, w- w- did you go to study acting or cinematography, or was it that just uh, a side thing? Uh, I did a, a bachelor's degree in, like, film production first. Okay. Got the degree, had my dreams crushed, <laughs> and then decided <laughs> to study acting. Do. Uh, and then <laughs> that sounds funny. I got my dreams crushed. So then I studied acting, <laughs> which is the quintessential place of crushing dreams and hopes. Yes. Um, I just replaced one dream crusher with another dream crusher. Nice. So you're good. Yeah, for very well thought out. <laughs> I'm like, the more I'm talking to you, I didn't think out these things very yeah. well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I I went to uh I went to college for photography and then ended up in sales and now I do a podcast for free. Yeah. So uh, so how did how you I mean you've done you've gotten you have credits in front and behind the camera. Well, what uh, came first? Was it uh production work or was it acting? I think it was like a couple of extras gigs, like in front of the camera that were nothing special. And then, and then uh, I ended up finding some, some side jobs for like some films or short films that were filming close to my, like my area where my parents lived. Okay. And I worked on them, got involved in some of those things, which was really fun. And yeah, it was always, um, they're so different. The worlds are so different. Okay. behind the camera and in front of the camera. But yeah, worked, uh, working behind the camera, man, like anything that can go wrong, it really is Murphy's Law Yeah, because that is just constantly a job. I was like an assistant camera on one gig and I remember anything that could go wrong would go wrong. Lighting stuff, breaking uh, the house, echoes, uh, issues with noise, neighbors complaining or doing shit like deciding to have a bloody rave right next door (laughs) while you're filming a horror film just anything possible uh yeah nice and it's just a constant thing of you don't have time to do anything but solve the problem as quickly as possible you don't you barely have time to even like vent the anger and frustration at what is going on (laughs) Yeah, I guess it doesn't really help solve the problem, but it feels good. Sometimes those accidents lead to like happy kind of accidents where it actually worked out better. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you hear about a lot of films where like their limitations kind of created something much better or led to a better decision. Yeah. That I've that's a recurring theme in this podcast is that the boundaries that you have, the, the, um, the framework that you have to have, uh, whether it's a timeline or uh, a problem you have to work around, actually usually helps your creative creative process and gets you something a little bit better than you had planned on. Yeah, I mean, we see it. We see it all the time with films, like the big budget action movies, especially nowadays, reek of laziness in everything, every facet, from a story point of view to their purpose, everything, because. Like, for example, a, a superhero film, 
all they're banking on is the name. So they don't put any effort into anything else. Right. With a franchise. Up, yeah. And that's why you end up with shitty movies like Jurassic World Dominion and Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> I heard your podcast about Thor Love and Thunder. That was... Uh, oh, I hated that movie. I Yeah. Well, I, I haven't seen it, but... I'm wary of it just because of the font they use for Love and Thunder. It looks like, uh, you know, He-Man or the Thundercats. That, that's what turned you off. <laughs> that's what turned me off. Yeah, the, the title. Font. I haven't heard that. Like, you're the first person to say, nah, the font's just not doing it for me. <laughs> Everyone else I've talked to is like, yeah, the Jane being Thor doesn't work. I don't like the I, look of it. It's content that turns other people off me. Yeah. You know, not so much. I'm not that, I'm not that deep. Very keen eyes though. Oh, Hey, that's what I grew up. I wish I could. Yeah. I wish I could tell if a movie was trash just by looking at the font. <laughs> well, see, it's a skill. Something you pick up after a while. And we got crazy thunder going on. So this is just a, insane pocket we, i know we had to reschedule yesterday because of storms no power and we've still got mm. we have some more storms coming in this is you, when like you said murphy's law everything's gonna go wrong can go wrong everything that can go wrong is going wrong yeah so inspiring though it, because for a lot of people when that first obstacle comes up it's like ah let's just do it another time and then you never do it so yeah it's good well i you know i've really enjoyed your podcast so i definitely wanted to speak with you so when you're studying uh, acting, you use something called the Meisner technique, which from what I, I've heard you describe it in other podcasts, it's basically like actors burping their way through lines. Yeah. Like, uh, well, it's uh, like, it's well known the, in the acting world, Sanford Meisner was an acting teacher that taught students to, to kind of like repeat to each other what they would observing each other like their behavior so to okay. like it, it's like a technique it's hard to explain it without like seeing it in person but the idea behind the technique is to get away from everything else and bring it back to reacting off who you're working with rather than being shackled by the lines of dialogue in the script okay is so i studied a little improv and taking some classes, done some troops and also is it, is it kind of like that the yes and technique where you're kind of just working off of each other rather than going off like of the, Yeah, like the idea is is similar in that you try to be present with another person and just get out of your head because the main obstacle for actors with yeah, with everything is that they're always in their head. Am mm -hmm. I doing a good job? Do I understand this character right? Am I walking the right way? Am I freaking, is the director happy with me? Is this yeah. movie going to bomb? Like there's so many different things going on in their head that you need, I guess you need something to kind of fall back on to come back to where you are and let go of all those things so that when the camera's on, you're purely with the scene with your other co-stars. Okay. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about socks for a second. Why not? It's a music podcast, but I tried a pair of socks from Boldfoot and love them. I've only worn them once because my kids have stolen them. 
So in my household, that's the best endorsement I can give. And I guess it's fitting because the design I chose was jailbait. Wait, jailbird. The design I chose was jailbird. I might keep that in. The socks are 100% American made and 5% of all proceeds go to veteran charities. It makes sense seeing that Boldfoot is a family and veteran owned company. They have a huge variety of styles. So check out boldfoot.com and buy some of the best socks you've ever slapped on your feet and help veterans while you're at it. That's boldfoot.com. I mean, that sounds like a f- more of a fun way to act. Yeah, like, well, some actors l- really love that and find it liberating and other actors find it very challenging and, and confronting. Interesting. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, I, I guess everybody takes to uh, techniques differently based on your own personality. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing with acting is like I would definitely for any actors listening recommend that they try different schools of training. Don't just go to the first one and think that that's the only way to learn acting. Right. That's very good advice. You've also done voiceover work. And that's mm. that's kind of an interesting niche that I, I've I've known a few people who've done it. But they never really tell you how they get into it or how they get any work out of it. They're very secretive about that. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get into doing voiceover stuff? So, um, well, at the moment, I'm just doing it through like websites that that kind of have it set up to put your stuff out there and get hired through jobs online. But uh, it's a very like, I'm still trying to work it out. It's like a Rubik's Cube that I'm trying to solve uh (laughs) but i guess the main thing would be try and sign up to do voiceover courses and uh try and get your your commercial reel your character reel done and like then that can stem that can lead to something else it's like with anything like with acting with uh stand-up comedy or any of those things being involved in the community can lead to a lot of people being like, oh, I heard about this job. You should go for this. Okay. And so, yeah, those things help studying, finding some courses to do in it and building a, a reel. Okay. So, and, and you're basically, you're, you're really basically you doing lines or, or I don't know, what the, what, what the hell is in a voiceover reel? <laughs> well, oh, sorry. Uh, so a voiceover reel is like a, a compilation of kind of your best stuff. Like with a character reel, it would be like a whole bunch of different characters to show what you can do. So you're reading lines, and basically. Yeah, like you'll, you'll be like reading lines, but putting on a character, putting on a performance okay. to show people like an agency what they can put you for as far as jobs go. Like, can he do an American accent? Can he do an English accent? What kind of characters can he do so that when we get briefs for jobs, we can instantly kind of apply him and feel confident that he can do it ah the only thing i can do is obviously an american which i mean i think there's a few of us here that can do that and an indian i think i'm i got i can do in not Mm. like not like native american indian like like indian subcontinent i mean if i do an american Uh, a native american indian i'm gonna be i'm gonna get canceled i'm gonna have all kinds of people yelling at me Uh, when you get canceled for doing indian as well i don't think so i think they're, I think you can still get away with that. I mean, Apu from The Simpsons is done by a, a white dude. Yeah, but they canceled it. Did they? They killed it. Did they? Yeah, I, they, I they the Simpsons made a point. Years. The Simpsons, I mean, it's, I mean, the show is pathetic. It like is. I, 
I did a podcast years ago, like four or five years ago, being like, what the fuck happened to The Simpsons? And the show just keeps going. It's one of those things that just will not die regardless. I don't know anyone that watches it. Me either. Actually, <laughs> a small plug, uh, a friend of mine does have a podcast called The Simpsons Index Podcast, but he kind of reviews episodes and I don't know if he still does it, but he used to review three different episodes from three different eras. Oh, wow. So they would watch a classic episode from the first 10 seasons. Then they'd watch an episode that's a bit more like 10 season, 10 to 20. Okay. And then a, like a real dumpster fire new episode. <laughs> and every time I was on the show, it was always the same. The classic episode was great the middle of the road one was middle of the road and the last, the last one, the newest one was absolute dog shit. Right. Um, That's a problem. Yeah, but, it, it gets, it gets to be a little predictable, <laughs> with, especially with something oh, like I don't, I don't even know. Uh, like, I don't even know what it is anymore, but uh, I, I don't know how I always end up ranting about the Simpsons. I don't, <laughs> even if a topic is or an episode is about freaking saving the whales. Somehow I always end up back on how shitty the Simpsons is. <laughs> pretty funny. I think we can blame this one on me though. I think I'm pretty sure. I, th I think I brought it up. You yeah. Brought, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll blame poop. you for this time, Mark. Right, but um, cool. You can blame me for the others too. Uh, but bringing it back to the point, uh, Apu actually did get canceled because Hank Azaria is a, is a white male. So they actually made the point in an episode to say something we used to do wasn't offensive, but now it is offensive. So we're just going to kill it. Ah, and that's, I loved Apu. Uh, a lot of people loved Apu. I mean, if he I kept watching the doing show, an Indian accent, but it's too, uh, I mean, like that just brings up woke stuff. And people are just uh, if I talk about woke stuff with you, Mark, I'll be here all day uh, rambling on. Yeah. And we'll both get angry. We'll, somehow we'll probably agree with each other and be angry at the same time. Yeah, it just always puts me in an angry mood. It does. It's best to just, like, ignore it. And, you know, movies and, and that stuff is going that direction, but it's also becoming apparent to people or to that industry that woke stuff doesn't work in Hollywood. Go Get woke, go broke is true. Yeah. Because lots of films like Thor, Love and Thunder – is has similar kind of issues and it's just not funny, but, uh, and it's dropped off considerably. Like even the Marvel movies that are putting that crap in yeah. are still bombing. Top Gun Maverick had none of that crap and it's I, man, I done amazing movie. at the box office. I love Everyone that. loved that movie. It was a great movie. I, I loved your podcast it about movie. it too. It was, that was a, I agreed with like everything you guys said. Yeah, like it was a breath of fresh air this year in a sea of shitty woke movies that have come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you'd mentioned that uh, you know in some theaters Tom Cruise gives a message in the beginning, and and that was one of the theaters that I had had seen it, and he had that message in it, and it was great. I mean, it was it had like you guys had mentioned in the podcast a female pilot, and nobody cared, nobody made a big deal about it. She yep. was just there. She was just a pilot. It was great. It was so refreshing. Yeah. It didn't, yeah, it didn't feel preachy or forced upon you, which was great. That, uh, that character in Top Gun Maverick has done really well in that it doesn't feel preachy that she's a woman and that she's like 
stronger than everyone else and she's impenetrable she's bulletproof she's super powerful it's like she's a female fighter pilot she has her own character her own personality her own struggles like any character regardless of gender should be written exactly exactly and it's unfortunately writing like that is the exception and not the rule and you think at this point that would be kind of the rule yeah well i mean like uh, all those like uh, i heard this this report about uh she hulk and um like that new marvel show on disney plus okay and it looks like an absolute dumpster fire Does like it? the cgi and just everything about it reeks of just shit it Ugh. just looks terrible the whole concept behind it looks terrible and i think they were talking about the behind the scenes that like they're like oh my god uh everyone that's worked on this is is uh, uh we've put a lot of female staff on working behind the scenes on on this show and i'm like what casual audience goer listens to that and goes, oh, my God, it must be an amazing show then. Exactly. Like, I have to watch it because this person worked on it. Because um, the key grip was a woman. No man worked behind the scenes on this movie, so it must be good. Like, no one's saying that, no. dude. So why do you have to make the point to make it about that? Exactly. It's just like everyone already saw the trailer and it looks terrible. Yeah. So no one's saying to themselves, oh, it looks terrible. But they said it's only women that worked on the show. So whatever. Yeah. Well, like, no, watch it, it anyway. Amazing. Maybe the trailer was just edited poorly. Exactly. So No one says that. No, exactly. So we're kind of bringing it up without actually bringing it up. You do a few pod. We've done a few podcasts. The first one you did, it was, uh, have you seen any movies lately? Yeah. Seen any movies lately? That one, so that one, uh, that one had a a cast. It wasn't just you. Did what? What kind of what happened with that one? Is it? I know I've done some podcasts in the past where I had co-hosts and all, and it was sometimes it was tough to get everybody together. It's it's hard hard to do a consistent show. That's exactly what the problem was. I'm not a very popular. Like I'm not a social media person. I don't have thousands of followers or millions of followers that I, I don't do any trendy shit that Same. gets me lots of followers either. Right. I'm kind of, so it's hard for me to actually get guests on my shows. And it's also hard to like get three or four people just regardless of a podcast. It's hard to just get three or four friends in one spot at one time yeah. without it turning into a clusterfuck. Exactly. So I learned very quickly that although I really enjoyed doing that show, it was very hard to get a bunch of people that were reliable to kind of lock in days and times and do it to the point where most of the guests I had on the show barely watched movies. So I was doing <laughs> a movie trivia show with a bunch of people that don't watch movies. It was the biggest ridiculous concept. <laughs> that that almost sounds like it would be amazing. It, I mean, uh, there's a lot of times where in an episode, I'll just be like, really, you don't know the answer to this question? Yeah. thinking like because i'm a movie buff like i would answer it straight away and yeah. i would forget that my guests were just friends of mine that were willing to do the show to help me out rather than being movie buffs so what got you started doing a podcast anyway and was a, a movie review a movie trivia show always the direction you wanted to to go uh i started the other podcast called the oz culture podcast 
very poorly named. And <laughs> I was doing that about movies. That was just like a, a we were doing movies. We were also doing video games and okay. talking about shows. I was trying really hard to work out what the hell to do with the show. And then I thought, oh, it'd be really cool to do a movie game show. And uh, yeah, and I just thought I would try that and see how that goes. I thought it might be entertaining to like um, have, you know, the buzzers and the yeah. game show sounds and all that. I thought yeah. it'd be kind of fun. And um, yeah, and it just failed. <laughs> it um no nah, it's good though it was a good learning experience all that stuff is good there is no failure only right. feedback and that taught me a lot of things about podcasting oh so you, you kept it going though did you transition to the new one movies worth seeing movies worth seeing. have you yeah was that an immediate transition or did you have a little gap time between the first and the second um, uh, well, like I like seen any movies lately as of now is like Gornsky's. It's dead, buried. Oh, okay. Uh, may, maybe it'll rise from the ashes at some point when I've got a bit more notoriety or something in the industry. Uh, but for now, um, Oz Culture, I rebranded it into Movies Worth Seeing because the name was terrible. The, <laughs> The name was terrible. People didn't understand why I was called that, but I was I was young and stupid, and I needed the money. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what. <laughs> I'm not a marketing brand person by any stretch, so I was more like, I just want to do this and work it out by failing. I learned personally the best way for me to learn is when I fuck up really bad, right? which sucks because I have to fuck up yeah. a lot. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but I, once I do fuck up really bad, I tend to learn the lesson very well because I don't <laughs> want to fuck up. Yeah. It sounds, that sounded so pr profound, but it was actually it terrible. <laughs> it sounds very similar to, to my podcasting experience where I started this thing called performance anxiety with the intentions of talking to creative people about getting over that a little bit as a through line for each episode and just never remembering to ask anybody about it. And so mm. I already had this show set up, already had artwork. And so it's just kind of, that's where I'm at now. I'm almost 300 episodes in and, you know, I guess I got to wow, keep that, it. That's, that's pretty awesome. 300 episodes. Like when, Thanks, man. when you consider like as a content creator, you have to create free content for a fair amount of time without getting any recognition, any validation, any money. Still, like it's pretty Still doing Pivotal. all three of those. <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we, I'll probably be doing YouTube videos for like 10 years before I see $1 in my account from it. Yeah, I've had a couple lucky breaks. I mean, I've had some amazing guests and I reached out to a podcast network and said, hey, you guys do a lot of music podcasts. You interested in uh, having one more? And they're like, yeah, sure. That's come a on. very good idea. So every once in a while, I we get sponsors and every couple of months I get a, I get a check for like 16 bucks. So, so I started get. getting emails of like, Oh, you have received six cents or <laughs> 10 cents. And I like now, every time when I get it, I just have a laugh with anyone around me and I'm like, guys, 
like dinner's on me. <laughs> I got six cents today for my podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough, but it's, I don't know, it's a lot of, I've been doing this one for four years and I did two before this. Did uh, mm. the very first one I did, I got 106 episodes in and the second one I did 100 even. So I'm closing in on 500 total. That's pretty good because like, I remember hearing a stat that most podcasters fade off after like episode four or five and they just, yeah, that's when they realize, Oh, I thought I was going to get thousands of listeners right away. And I've got like one. And yeah. It's my mom. <laughs> it's my mom. <laughs> my Patreon is my mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of doing online contests because I'm scared that I'll announce the winner and be like, and the winner is, Oh, it's my mom <laughs> again. Again, like, mom, you don't need to enter the contest. I'll just give you the freaking prizes. I'll just make up a name and I'll give it to you anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. so, oh my God, man, it is getting crazy out here. You should see all this oh, lightning going cool. on. It's insane. So, cool. all right. So movies worth seeing. What I what I really find interesting about it, and perhaps this is this because I, I don't know who does this for you. I don't know if it's you doing this or if it's somebody else. But I love the fact that it's an Australian podcast, but your intro and the outro has an American accent. <laughs> I love that. I, as I said, I'm absolutely terrible with branding. <laughs> I like this guy's voice, and I was just like, "Fuck it, it sounds cool. I'll just put it on." It's I like the movie his voice. Style. I thought it it gave like a bit of professionalism. I like the way the guy edits the voice. He's a really nice dude as well, and um, yeah. So I thought, "Fuck it." I love um, it. I think it's oh, fantastic. I think it's brilliant. This is incredible. I love, like, I, when I worked with him, I just would listen to his voice and be like, holy shit, this guy has such a cool voice. <laughs> he does. I wish I could just, like, grab his voice, put it in a bottle, and, like, whenever I'm down, I'll just pull it out and just listen to it and <laughs> well, carry on my way. Well, you can, but it's only going to say your intro and your outro. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. That, that guy could bad. tell me like I have a day to live and I'd be like, fuck, like just keep talking. That's cool. <laughs> just for that whole day, you just talk. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I, I liked a lot about your, your, your podcast is your experience in the cinema comes through in the mm -hmm. podcast. You know, your experience as an actor and production gives you a really good perspective on reviewing movies. Like, like when you did the, the episode on the gray man, you talk, you talk about color grading. You know, I can't think of the last movie review podcast I've listened to where they talk about that. So, I mean, that's, that's a really unique thing that I think you're not just a fan mm. talking about whether you liked a movie or not. You've had experience and yeah. you, know, you can have that fan perspective, but also that inside knowledge that you can mm. then explain in layman's terms to people. Yeah. Well, I have the very special in that I wasted a very large <laughs> chunk of my life watching films <laughs> to the point where I actually noticed shit like, um, but no, like you watch extreme cases of films like The Matrix. Like whenever someone watches The Matrix, they notice the colors in that movie because right. it's so distinct with its style. 
and yeah, so I love talking about all things with movies. I've been very grateful in that I had an acting teacher that would break apart storytelling for long periods of time in classes. And nice. uh, we had to write stories constantly. So I, I felt like that gave me a good idea. And I love applauding things that are great in movies. And I love shitting on the things that I really don't like. Like in The Grey Man, I I really did not like the colors yeah. in that film, the, the style they went for. And it sucks because it's in every single shot of the movie. So you can't get past it. Yeah. You say to yourself, I know this movie looks shit for some reason like but i can't put my finger on why and then it's like ah that's what it is it is and i i just saw that recently and and then i saw your podcast in in prepping for it i'm like oh okay i just saw this let me listen to this to this podcast and you're spot on about a lot of the things i thought of in the movie i like the movie yeah as a whole but mm. there's nothing unique about it. it it's a like you mm. like you mentioned it hits a, on a lot touches on a lot of spy tropes mm. and it like it's not it's not an inherently bad film it's just like a kind of like it, it passes the time yeah yeah it's exactly Nothing, yeah i'm not gonna be upset that i spent my time watching i'm not gonna say i've just wasted two hours of my life but mm. i there i you know it's not memorable to me yeah and then when I look up, like it was a two hundred million dollar movie. Ugh. It's a Netflix original. You can watch it on streaming and in the cinemas. I think to myself, well, man, like you can't just do a movie like a you know a, a solid movie when it's two hundred million dollars. Like that sounds like a big gamble. You better be bringing something unique to the table. Yeah, but for whatever reason, they don't. Yeah, it just just misses that that uniqueness. Mark, I guess. So, mm. what have you got coming up on the podcast? I'm, unfortunately, I'm we're, I'm gonna have to shut this down pretty soon because I've got some crazy lightning going on. So, um, <laughs> what uh, what do you have coming up soon in the, in the podcast? Yeah. Do you have any acting work that that you want to talk about? Right now, I've been a bit a bit busy, but uh, so with the podcast, I'm going to be doing reviews on films like Nope. There's some weird, really badly reviewed films I want to check out. Like They Them, I heard was awful and really <laughs> leaned hard on the woke politics of Hollywood. So I'm very intrigued by that. And I've got some special guests as well. Some some comedians are going to be guest appearing on future episodes and some collaborators like uh, the hosts of the Simpsons Index podcast that I mentioned earlier. Excellent. Well, yeah. I really appreciate your time. I'm sorry I got to cut this short, but I don't want to get electrocuted. Where can people find the podcast and how can they follow you and listen and uh, keep up with what you're doing? So uh, people can follow me on Instagram at Michael Pish Podcasting. Uh, my YouTube channel is Michael Pishinary. My last name is very hard to remember, but uh, it'll probably be in the show notes of this episode. It's like missionary. And movies worth Pishinary. Yeah. And, and movies worth seeing can be listened to on all podcast directories. Uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the two big ones. So, yeah. You know what I'm going to say? Not, we're going to say it's, it rhymes with visionary. How's that? that is, you're correct. Visionary. Pishinary. Spelled nothing like it, but it sounds like it. No. Nah. 
<laughs> Man, thank you. I really do appreciate your time. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Mark. Oh, I mean, my pleasure. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.